Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Epic Fantasy Romance. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Ah, much needed this morning. Today is Monday, November 20th, Thanksgiving week here in the United States, which is, I think, a big deal. It's like one of our biggest holidays. Uh, almost everybody celebrates it. Uh, I know that there's, you know, exceptions with indigenous peoples and that it's uncomfortable that way. Uh, but there's also a lot of um, getting together and feasting. And with Thanksgiving being on a Thursday, it uh, ends up sucking up the whole week. <laughs> so we are traveling tomorrow. And uh, yeah, we've been talking food and so forth. Uh, am I done with the book? Not yet. Um, I did work all weekend. It's just been a little bit slow going. Uh, I've been getting in the neighborhood. Well, I can tell you, I don't even have to neighborhood it. Um, so like Thursday, last Thursday, I got 3000 words. I would have told you about that. But then Friday, Saturday, I got a little over 1500. Yesterday, I did pretty well. I got a little over 2800, but I worked pretty much all day. So the good news is, is I have got like uh, a chapter and a half to write. It's I'm calculated. It's about another 2,800 words to the end. And I think it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so we're there. Um, and I'm hoping to have a little bit of time later today to revise, but I can also work on this in Tucson. Uh, so I've got time on Wednesday, but we decided, well, we just go ahead and drive tomorrow and get there. And that way we are there and with the fam and everything, and I can uh, finish my uh, various revisions. It'll end up being about 60 pages that I have to go through at the end. But, and it might require a little bit of layering. Some of this final battle is maybe a little too sketched in, but I don't know. I keep, I've done a lot of it in summary instead of showing the action real time. And so my critical brain, my editor brain is saying to me, as I have commented on many other people's books, that it would be better if I actually showed this action taking place instead of summarizing. And maybe I will do that. Um, I, I almost can't explain why I'm not doing it that way. Uh, beyond the fact that we all know that I hate writing fight and battle scenes. Um, I can't tell if it's because I'm trying to get it done I kind of knew how this fight would go and what the solution would be. So maybe I'm just kind of summarizing to get to that. Uh, but I also have a couple people reading for me so they can tell me if it's just like not detailed enough. Um, yeah. So, so we're getting there. It's getting done. 
Uh, glad I didn't set this release date early, any earlier than I did. I'm a little wary of Zencaster this morning. I'm just putting this out there. Uh, it took a very long time to connect to their server, and I'm hoping that it won't crap out on me in the middle. <laughs> but if this is a short podcast, that's why. Um, we'll see what happens. So I don't have a whole lot to say because I've been just head down finishing this book. Um, I do like how the ending is coming together. That's the other thing is it's like I'm I'm happy with it. I'm I'm not feeling like I'm phoning it in or not. Um, I don't know, not giving it the attention it deserves. I, I should mention, just as a total aside, that it's it's foggy this morning. The fog is coming up through the basin, and it's really beautiful. We've had um, a lot of rain this weekend. Rain and a little bit of snow and some hail and freezing this and that. It's been a stormy weekend, but lots of precipitation, which we love. So I have a note to myself and I'd written this down last week. And so I've lost a little bit of the original impetus to for the thought. But it is one of my themes. So I think I can kind of resurrect it. Uh, I think, you know, something that I hear from people a whole lot is being disappointed at not having increasing success, right? This is, I th- feel like is really embedded in American culture. Maybe it's embedded in worldwide culture. We're starting to be so such a smaller world that I hear from uh, my friends in Australia or New Zealand or Europe that they are experiencing a lot of the same feelings. But there's this idea that you have to keep growing and growing and becoming more and more successful. And of course, it's human nature to compare ourselves to to other people. Um, And so I have one writer friend, and let's just call her Mary. Her name is not Mary. Um, And she has been very successful. She's someone who was very successful at the beginning of her career and has continued to be successful, but her initial series, her very first series was gangbusters. Uh, You know, she hit the right thing at the right time. And I feel like this is the thing as creators that we don't always reconcile ourselves with. Well, Uh, the fact that serendipity plays into what we do so much. Um, you know, like there's a recent book that was a huge hit and arguably it was marketed aggressively. So that made a difference, but I've seen several, um, people talking about it and saying, well, why was this book? Why did it do so well? Cause people always want to analyze, right? They always want to look at it and say, well, it has this element and that element. And you know, why did it strike a chord? And the thing is, And part of what they're asking is, why did this book strike a chord instead of my book? Um, And and there's no good answer to that. 
uh, I referred a couple of weeks ago to that great podcast, uh, which analyzed the data for that sort of minimal, you know, that viable selling point. And it was really interesting because she caveats, if you listen to that podcast, which I do recommend that you do, um, I don't know if I'll have, if I have it linked in my show notes still, but it's easy to go back to. One of the things that she caveats when she's talking about the statistics, she's looking for which factors in a book have an actual correlation. What is a statistical correlation, meaning can you reliably say that X leads to Y? Okay, for those of you who've never done statistics. And she talks about some numbers in there. And she talks about that she took, I think it was 0.4 as being a correlation. And as far as data goes for other scientific endeavors, 0.4 is not a strong correlation. We'll say that's what it was. I apologize if I got it wrong. But it's it's marginal in most fields. But she caveats this saying that when you're talking about human beings, it's a very strong correlation because it's very difficult to predict what human beings will and will not do. And all of these people who are so reductive about humans, and there's a lot of ways that I hear people being reductive about human beings, um, partly when we talk about the uh, language learning models called AI, which isn't really AI, uh, there, <laughs> people talk like a computer will always react like a human being. And the thing is, what people leave out of this, kind of to my continuing astonishment, is they leave out that anything that is computer generated is always going to be, even if you feed in, things that human beings have produced, it's always going to be this logical chain because computers are a machine. They're a logic-based model. They're, you know, like if you've ever done computer programming from way back in the day, it's still based on the, if this, then that, right? If you find this condition, then put in this condition. So, it gets, it gets much more sophisticated than that and you get it to build on it and, you know, and have thousands and thousands of iterations of that. But that basic logic is always going to be there. And for human beings, that's not the case, right? We are the McCoy to the Spock AI, right? We are irrational. We do not always do things in logical, predictable ways. So that's why, and it's fascinating that she had to caveat this, but anytime that you're talking about how human beings make decisions, there's always going to be a certain um, unquantifiable factor in it. So that's why, and I'm trying to, th I, uh, no, I'm not going to pause. Um, I think that one counts as, a perfect correlation when we talk about a one-to-one -one correlation. It's been a long time since I was in grad school, people. I don't remember my statistics well. But I think that that's what it is, is you say one-to-one -one, that if this condition exists, then this result occurs. 
So you get a one-to-one correlation in things like mathematics and physics, right? So, you know, I have the, if I pick up this um, lip balm, because I'm obsessive about lip balm, and I let go of it, I can predict that it is going to fall to my desk, right? Because gravity, it's a one-to-one correlation. Uh, and you and it's so perfect that you can actually create a there, there are formulas right we we know the the formula for gravity of how fast it's going to fall how much force it's going to hit with right but when you're talking about social sciences when you're talking about the choices that human beings make we go all the way down from a one to one to a point four as being a really good predictable correlation right but that still means and I, I should have like studied beforehand, but the principle applies. This still means that it's like only going to be happening about 40% of the time. Uh, so, and now I've gotten lost in my extended analogies here. Uh, oh, but what's really important to remember here is that we don't know why some why some things take off, why people love them. We can, you know, maybe get in that 40% range and say, well, all of these things are present. Uh, You know, she came up with her eight variables. But, you know, so going back to my friend, Mary, who is aggravated, uh, you know, it's, in some ways, it's a good, bad thing for writers in particular who do very well to begin with. It's, um, it's a, it's a blessed cursing, cursing blessing. Um, I'm not going to pause since I'm wary of Zencaster, but the, the cat's hung up, but he can be hung up for the next few minutes. But when people do very, very well on their first books or their first series, that sets the standard for them, that they believe this is what they deserve this is what they're capable of it's their baseline it's like oh well I, when i was starting out i sold x many books and i did great and when someone does better to, than that they're they're a little bit perplexed because it's like well why didn't i do that well and then worse worst of all is when they don't do that well again which happens a lot um because because uh, do we know why there are reasons um, sometimes it's the debut factor it's one of the reasons that publishers love debut authors and why they recreate debut authors you know put out uh, old authors under new pen names and say that it's um you know oh this person's debut book and then the reviewers are like oh well it's amazing, such a strong first novel. And it's like, yeah, actually, that's her 25th novel, but it's neither here nor there, right? So, so what am I trying to say here? It's, it's the vicissitudes of the business, okay, that you are not always going to go up and up and up. And the idea that you're always going to improve, that you always have to be striving to grow, you know, comes from this sort of capitalist success-based culture. And it's not real. That's not how life works, right? If you, if you look at the course of your life, just like the things that have happened in your lives, you know, things have gone up and they've gone down. 
you know, like we have wonderful, successful times, and then we have shitty times. And there is no straight line where you just keep growing, 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 which is what everybody wants, right? I think it's, I love the line and I don't know who came up with it. You know, it's like this sort of entered internet meme land where provenance is undiscoverable at this point, but it's remember when you wanted what you have right now. And I think that's really important because it, it's another one of these curse blessing things because we want things, you know, I think about this sometimes when I'm aggravated, like I have to have some sort of meeting with my agent and it's like, Oh, you know, I don't have time for this or, you know, I'm, I'm aggravated about something or another. And then I think back to my younger self and how utterly freaking thrilled I would have been to have an agent, much less to be like, Oh, my agent is calling me. Uh, and so it's really good for me to remember, to, to remember how I wanted the things that I have now. And it's, it's easy to forget that because they become supplanted by the next things that you want and having the next things, having that, having that continuing urge to, to do even better, to surpass yourself, to do a new thing to do a, even a more successful thing. That's great because it, that's what drives us forward. That's what gives us the impetus to, to work and to, uh, yeah, to the drive to succeed. And I've got something in my eye, but I'm not pausing, not pausing. So sorry if it squicks you out, if you're one of those eye squicky people and you're on video. It's like a cat hair, of course. My life is surrounded by cats and cat hair. So that's one of you out there said that one of the themes of this show, right, is uh, that cats happen. <laughs> cats, has, cats happen. Uh, you know, and maybe that's an, a decent analogy for what I'm talking about. You know, that it's, it's a great tragedy that cats only live like somewhere around 20 years. Right. And we live so much longer than that. Uh, if we're blessed with good health and good fortune. Right. But you know, the, you don't always get to have enjoyment, enjoyment, enjoyment that there comes a time when you have to say goodbye to your cat. Oh, that's sad. But, but it's an important point to remember that we don't always get the increasing success. It's good to want it. It's good to fight for it, to drive for it. But at the same time, it's really important to remember where you are now. And my friend Mary is doing by many, many standards. She's still doing really awesome. I mean, she's making really decent money and she's got a big platform and rabid fans and she writes great books and all of those things are there. You know, she has an agent, you know, things aren't going great with her agent, but she has one and she has an editors who like her work and all of this, but she's looking at some of these runaway successes and saying, well, why isn't that me? Why don't I have those books? And so it's, it's great to have the 
I want this, but at the same time, it has to be balanced with the, I have this. And on that note, I guess that's a good theme for this week, right? Gratitude. That's what Thanksgiving should be about. Uh, not necessarily about stealing land from other people, right? <laughs> Focus on the good side of it. We can, we can uh, have some room for nuance. Um, being grateful for everything that has been given to us. Uh, my favorite religious studies professor used to say that we always ask when terrible things befall us, we ask, why? Why me? Why Why has this happened to me? But that when wonderful things befall us, we don't ask why. We don't say, why did I deserve this amazing blessing? Uh, so maybe that's a good week for this. No podcast for me on Friday since it's holiday, but I will be back on Monday uh, with the release of this book that I'm finishing. <laughs> so I hope you all have a wonderful week celebrating Thanksgiving or not. And I will talk to you all next Monday. You all take care. Okay. Bye-bye.